0: Hi, you're tuned in to the show, Conversations from the Leading Edge, a WKCR show featuring interviews with experts and practitioners in sustainability and conflict resolution. The show is hosted by Earth Institute's Advanced Consortium on Cooperation, Conflict, and Complexity, known as AC4. My name is Meredith Smith. I'm a program coordinator at AC4, and I'm the host of today's show. I'm here with Juan Lopez, a program associate of AC4. Today we are featuring an interview that was originally conducted at WKCR in March of this year. The interview was hosted by AC4's Kyong Mazzaro and with three guests to Columbia University who came to participate in AC4's Sustaining Peace Conference. The three interviewees were Wilmar, Augusto, and Yersin. They came from Medellin, Colombia, from Fundación Puerta Abierta specifically. Myself, Meredith Smith will be reading the part of the interviewer Kiong Mazzaro, and Joan Lopez will be reading the other parts in the conversation, including the parts of Augusto, Wilmar, and Yerson. Here we go with the English translation of that original interview. Good evening, I'm Kiong, and I work at AC4. In this special edition of Conversations on the Leading Edge, we have three very special invitees who are representatives of an organization based in Colombia. They are Wilmar, Yersin, and Augusto. Welcome to New York and to Columbia University. We are very excited to hear about the work you do, your vision, and the future of Puerta Abierta.
1: Thank you, Kiong. It is a real pleasure to be here on these microphones and to be able to send this message to the community that listens to this here in the United States and elsewhere. Let's begin by saying that this project initiates as Puerta Abierta that is under that name In the year 2014 but in reality this is a project that initiated some decades ago in the city of medellin puerta abierta gathers up in a sole platform all the different social mobilization processes in the city primarily those that are artistic and cultural based to resist violence and the conflict that inhabits the city What this means is that there are other organizations that have done their part in the past, in the 80s and 90s. So we try to pick up on the legacy of those endowers, the lessons learned. So Puerta Abierta today serves as a platform to continue doing peace building in Medellín.
0: Wonderful. That sounds very interesting. Earlier on today, Wilmar was telling me about the beginning of Puerta Abierta, how it all started. I think that our audience would be very much interested in hearing how the three of you met and decided to start the foundation.
1: We know each other for some years. I met Augusto when he used to work at Medellin's City Hall in youth processes and social participatory projects. I met Gerson through processes of social and political resistance. And in the past five years, I have worked with graffiti artists in Medellin, making urban art and graffiti a viable option of life for them. Through the work we did at Graffiti de la Cinco, I met Aldo Civico. And in one of Aldo's visits to Medellin, we had a conversation around the question, what would it happen if more youth movements would merge and became visible in the city?
0: So just to put our audience in context, Aldo Civico is professor of anthropology and was the director of the Center of Conflict Resolution. Aldo is an expert in the Colombian case. He has participated in negotiations there and is an expert in political and urban violence in Colombia. Aldo is one of our main collaborators, along with Beth Fisher-Yoshida, who also collaborates with Puerta Abierta in this project.
1: Aldo introduced us to Beth last year, and we started a discussion about the importance of creating a platform to support and strengthen the different processes that are already present in the city. Then we met Gerson, and in our conversations, we came up with the idea of constructing Puerta Abierta as a platform for cultural mobilization to transform violent context. We refer to it as a platform because we acknowledge that in the city, just like Augusto was saying, there are many people, organizations, spaces that are already transforming violent context. Through graffiti, music, hip-hop, breakdance, the youth of Medellín occupy spaces other than the violent ones that exist in the city. To be able to transform violent contexts, we know that we not only have to tackle direct violence, things like homicides, etc. But to also think about both structural and cultural violence, which also must be tackled. When we talk about cultural mobilization, we are referring to something we have been doing historically. During the 80s, Medellín resisted the phenomenon of direct violence, which was a product of narcotrafficking. And in the 90s, it was through the arts, through music, through salsa, through theater, that the city recuperated from vast violence. In 2009, a year in which violence escalated to its highest peak, again, it was through music, through hip-hop, that the city resisted. Historically speaking, every time that Medellin is hit by a cycle of violence, the city resists with processes of peace building. That is what Puerta Abierta strives to recuperate.
0: Very interesting. I love how you use the idea of cultural mobilization. Why don't we talk about this in relation to your visit to New York and Washington? Yerson, can you tell us about your experience and the group's experience in Washington and the why of Puerta Abierta's visit to the U.S. and its role in cultural mobilization in Colombia?
1: We were able to make visible our biggest concern during our visit to Washington. We were in Washington to denounce the illegal recruitment practices that the military forces have historically been doing in Colombia. These practices have been violating human rights and certain international pacts that Colombia has agreed upon. We had meetings with Representative Jim McGovern, with the State Department, with the Congress Human Rights Commission, with WOLA, and with the Institute for Peace. We wanted to take this conversation to the global stage. In taking advantage of the political scenario that Washington provides, we were able to make visible the irregularities that the Colombian state has been overseeing. So why are we here? When they first told us about this trip, we saw an opportunity to make our political and social construction visible outside of Colombia. Just like Wilmer and Augusto have said, we strive to merge the different paths of social resistance that we have all been building individually in the city and in Colombia. Wilmer has done it through art, through graffiti and hip-hop. In terms of social and political participatory processes and social mobilization, the expert is the youngest of the group, Augusto. My work has been related to the anti-military movement and to the movement of objection of consciousness in relation to war, with the objective of constructing peace. We also wanted to come up with an articulated strategy to merge all of our experiences, our discourses, and our methodologies to resolve conflicts, to educate.
0: Can you elaborate a little on that?
1: It was difficult to think that our denouncement was ever going to be heard. But we found that there is a real interest to know about this matter. There is a real interest to obtain more knowledge about what will happen in Colombia in face of a period of post-conflict. So we saw that the international eyes are placed upon Colombia. We had the opportunity to shed light on the reality that the poor youth have to face in our country. Here in New York, we presented our strategies for conflict resolution. In doing this, we were able to show what, as human beings, we have individually been able to contribute to conflict resolution. We were also able to make visible our dearest experience, Convidarte. This event took place in the neighborhood of Alta Vista two years ago. The roots of this event lay in the assassination of Christie Julian, a kid for whom there is much memory and resistance. Our objective today is also to tell the story of many others that have also experienced the effects of war, both as victims and, and as victimizers. Lately, we evidence that more victims have had to raise in arms to defend their territories from violence and conflict. We also had the opportunity to get to know other forms of conflict resolution that we thought were very different from ours. But during our debrief, after the conference yesterday at Columbia about strategies and methodologies for conflict resolution, we noticed that we have been doing some of these things in our city.
0: It is interesting that you place special emphasis in the individual experience and about the different ways to build upon current processes of social and cultural mobilizations that are being conducted by youth in distinct levels of society. In this sense, I think it has been very interesting for you guys to be in Washington, given that the major focus there is on international politics and the peace process in a higher level. I would like to know, how do you discuss the difference between the micro and the macro? How can this be integrated to the experience of social transformation? And is this applicable to the national processes of reconciliation and conflicts resolution? Also, what types of response did you obtain in Washington?
1: I think these are very important questions. These questions allow us to express through this medium a concern we have. Although there is a peace process in Colombia which we support, given that any attempt to construct peace is welcomed by us, we know that if peace is signed in Havana, the conflict and its characteristics in Medellín will not change. The conflict there is very different. There are other agents, other logics, other interests. That is why it is important to start talking about conflict resolution in terms of urban conflict. In regards to this, the response we had in Washington was surprising. On the one hand, the perception we have of the city as individuals that live there, we come from very popular neighborhoods wherein the conflict's presence is more visible, highly contrast with the image some U.S. institutions hold, which is that the conflict in Medellín has been resolved. It is said that the number of homicides has decreased, and this claim supports the hypothesis that the conflict is disappearing, but we want to claim that there are other elements that constitute the violence spectrum, which aren't only homicidal factors. There are other factors such as forced displacement, intra-urban displacement, and other forms of violence against women, children, etc., that are part of the violence spectrum and need to be considered. There are serious problems related to these factors. We don't want to be fatalistic, and the people that know us know that we are absolutely optimistic beings. That is why we are here. But we are very preoccupied by the fact that the characteristics of the structural and cultural violence that the city shows tells us that the city is at the doors of a conflict with dimensions, hopefully not equal or worse than the ones at the time of Pablo Escobar.
0: In this sense... What are Puerta Abierta's plans? You have visited Washington. You were able to highlight the principal problems that the communities have. Let's focus more on the future of Puerta Abierta. What are the organization's strategies to integrate this preoccupation to the human capital you have promoted as techniques in conflict resolution in your experience? And what are your plans with the relationship you now have with Columbia University and AC4? Our
1: first objective is to stop the war in Medellín. And when we say we want to stop the war, we are not only referring to a direct way of violence, but we understand that there are other dynamics, both structural and cultural, that make violence possible. So, Puerta Abierta's plan for the next 10 years is to stop the phenomena of violence in the city through a cultural mobilization. That is the principal vision that we hold as a foundation. By understanding that we need to address this problematic in a strong way, we have four strategies. We have four circles of work. The first thing to consider is that Puerta Abierta isn't only a matter of Cannabico, agosto, and mine. There are much more youth leaders in the city that have all their attention on what's going on on these past days here in the United States. They are in Facebook sharing our statuses, asking questions, and that is very significant because that means that there is a movement behind the scene that cares about what's happening here. So we have four strategies. The first is a political transformative strategy. We are now forming a school for political formation. Our idea is that if we prepare better for political leaders in the next years, we can be absolutely certain that the city will change, hence our political formation process. We are doing this with the support of Columbia University and the Antioquia University in Medellin. We want to provide the right tools to young leaders so that they can transform their territories. The second is a cultural mobilization. As we have said, there are many processes, events, and people existing prior to Puerta Abierta, all of whom have placed resistance to violence and have generated distinct ways of life for the most vulnerable youth of the city. You might ask, what's needed besides this? Well, more monitoring and accompaniment, more resources, more synergies among them, and that is precisely what we want to accomplish our third strategy is to generate knowledge if we strive to transform violent contexts we need to know that the reality we need to know the reality of the conditions of the youth of the city our focus here is very clear we need research knowledge in youth matters but that come from youth itself the youth itself ought to be knowledgeable about their own reality. And at the same time, they need empowerment in order to transform their context and thus have an impact in public policy in the city. And our fourth strategy is clear. We need to communicate all of this. We need to tell our stories. We can't allow the dominant discourse, the one that says that Medellín is the most innovative city in the world, to be the only discourse. We need that there We know that there are many issues in the city that have been solved and therefore public communication is our fourth strategy. We need to be able to tell the world what goes on in the territories to make such realities visible. But above all, to let people know what Puerta Abierta is doing as well as what others leaders are doing on a daily basis. That is how we plan to stop the war in the city of Medellín in the next 10 years.
0: This is very inspiring. On behalf of Columbia University, I want to say that we feel very fortunate to be working with you, and we hope that we are able to support you with the necessary tools so that your vision can become a reality. Do you want to add something else? Mention any other details in relation to the future of the organization or to the future of the partnership between New York and Medellin? First, maybe Yersin, do you have anything to add?
1: I think that we should think more about the now than the future. We also want to transcend concepts and discourses that, as Wilmer was saying, became hegemonies in our city. What Puerta Abierta also strives to do in Medellín and in Colombia and in Latin America, now even from here in the U.S., is to think on how to come together as a unified force under our very dear principle of affinity, how to merge everything that historically we have been able to do, how to combine these deeds that historically we have done to think of a place in which we can live in peace, in which we can breathe airs of tranquility, a place where peace isn't only when the fusils are silent, but a place where peace becomes sustainable through a framework of warranties that secure human rights for all, a little more for the now. For the future of Puerta Abierta in Colombia, is to get those youngsters that are not actively seeking to construct a better society to become active in these matters. Unfortunately, when one talks about politics in Medellin, it generates painful reactions among people. Hence, the youth's disinterest for politics and their lack of initiative to construct social fabric. So that is something that Puerta Abierta strives to do using its communication strategy. We want to make this project sexy by using a seductive language so that others can begin to think about their own life projects as a way to sew social fabric as well. Thinking about your question of the difference between the micro and the macro, I can say that in Medellin, we take what we have constructed individually and share it with others to collectively construct new contexts. It wouldn't be coherent to think about constructing collective processes without counting on individual deeds. Notwithstanding the adversities that our city is passing through, sometimes strengthened by state policy, Medellin is a city that we love. So... Part of this solidarity and cooperative construction is to demolish the prevalent idea that holds competition over cooperation in high regards. In respect to our plans, we have started some conversations with the people we met in Washington, as well as the ones we met here in New York in relation to the development of two short-term projects. We were invited to the Sustainable Peace event in which, as my colleague, just mentioned, we gain much knowledge, but also realize that we have a know-how, a very valuable one, in relation to the area of conflict resolution. So the first step we want to take is to make an inter-university agreement. We have already started conversations with five universities in Medellin, and now we want to include Columbia to design a social laboratory for conflict resolution. That can be part of the master's program in conflict resolution, which allows students to go to Medellin to both learn from our experience and to share their expertise. In Medellin, as the faculty of Columbia have noticed, there is great knowledge about the conflict and its manifestation forms, but there is too little knowledge about how to resolve it. And the second grand move moment that we are waiting for is an international seminar of conflict resolution, which will take place next year in Medellin. We want this matter to be discussed more and to be discussed in a higher level. And just like we live from here feeling certain that we are being accompanied, that we're not alone in this, we want people we want the people of Medellin to experience the same feeling after the seminar. We want the feeling of hopelessness to vanish away from our people. Our own plans, as Wilmer was saying, continues. And we have our four strategies being developed. And finally, we want to take this opportunity to say that our alliance with AC4 continues. There is much to be learned of what you guys study and analyze in relation to conflict resolution. We were very excited towards the end of yesterday's event while chatting with different academics because we realized that we were at perhaps the biggest event of conflict resolution in the world, and that, for three young men of Medellín, was very significant. As Augusto said, we felt we had accumulated a lot of experience. Medellín has lived many conflict resolution processes, from the of paramilitary groups, guerrilla groups, to urban militias, and we know very well what to do to face this. But we are very good at knowing what not to do because we have had very bad experiences as well. Part of Puerta Abierta's plan is to continue learning from AC4 and also to contribute to AC4. We also want to use this opportunity to thank the people of AC4 that have supported us, that have believed in this process of cultural mobilization these past months. Of course, a special thanks to Aldo Chivico and Beth Fisher-Yoshida, that have accompanied us, and that have walked through our neighborhoods. Aldo has been doing it for, the, for over 15 years. Beth has been doing it since August. They took the time to get to know what goes on and to give us the tools that w- allowed us to say that we can indeed transform the city. And now we know that we will do it.
0: This is very exciting. There isn't a better way to end this conversation than by making those connections. In our conversations in The Leading Edge, this program, we focus on innovations throughout the world in relation to research and practices, and I think that your project really represents the necessity to construct new connections, to study conflict resolution, but also to recollect the experiences of different communities, not only in Colombia, but beyond. I can't wait to know the following steps that you'll take, to participate in those seminars that you will be conducting, and to hear about your new and informative offers, and to collaborate with you in research and practice projects in the field. Thank you all on behalf of AC4 and Columbia University.
1: Thank you, and thanks those who are listening to us, and we hope that you too can get on this platform and dare to cross the open door.